Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let me explain something, and I'll mention this two or three times as we go through. The role model for spiritual maturity is not found in a man. The role model for spiritual maturity is found in Jesus Christ. You want to see what spiritual maturity looks like? You look at the life of Christ. That's spiritual maturity. That's our role model. Paul was a great role model, but he doesn't make it. There's many other wonderful men in the Bible that are good role models, but they're not the top. The top one is always Jesus Christ. When you start out learning, it's sometimes tough to know what to do. It's good to have someone who can mentor you, show you the ropes of living or learning a skill. Over time, you might even surpass your mentor's achievements. Good mentors will encourage your success. But as good as a human spiritual mentor may be, Pastor Mark will be teaching today that they're not good enough as an example. He'll tell you why that's the case and why it is you need to be looking at Jesus for your ultimate leader and guide. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 5 as he begins his message, The Cure for Immaturity. This may seem strange to you, this next fact, but it's very true. Knowing the Bible also involves unlearning previous error and misconceptions. You see, part of my growth, I have to unlearn things. That's very true in the medical field today. It is so true in the medical field. We have all these new facts. We think this is going to work. How many remember when butter was no good for you and margarine was terrific for you? And of course, then we find out, whoops, you know, we always knew ding-dongs or whatever were never good for us. But it just changes over time. We thought vitamin E was the answer to everything. Now we find out that vitamin E is really doesn't do much good at all. And so all of us have bottles of 5,000 of vitamin E at home. Sam sold it. We bought it. It was a good price. Now you hear the news and you go, you know, feed it to the fish or something. What are we going to do with it? Same thing with us biblically. Listen to A.W. Bruce. At the time of their call, speaking about the early disciples, they were exceedingly ignorant, narrow-minded, superstitious, full of Jewish prejudices and misconceptions. They had much to unlearn of what was as bad as well as much to learn of what was good. They were both slow to learn and unlearn. Probably in our lives, if you've been a Christian a while, you will be slower to unlearn error because it became part of us. I know many of you have spoken to me and you've said, 
We've been coming here X number of months, and I learned more here in six months, not because of me, just because of the word, or eight months, than I did in ten years where I came before. And there's a little bit of anger. Now you're having to unlearn some things. Well, like the Old Testament, it can't apply to us. What? <laughs> All Scripture. And so we have to take this time, and as we go through the Scripture, it is hard. When you come across something that you were raised with all your life and you go, well, there is another side to that. Whoa, that's difficult, but that's a part of learning. The reason that's such a huge area in this church is we come from probably 50 plus kind of different churches here. And that's more prevalent to us. So as we are faced with the simple truths of the Bible... They're right in front of us. We kind of have to take tradition and put it aside, and we have to unlearn these things. I try to be patient, and I know God is patient with all of us as we just continue to learn what his word says. You see, God wants to teach us how to do life right. He wants to. When Jesus came, he had to undo all kinds of prejudice and things. And it's still today. So learning is not only all the positive things that we've never heard before, But it's unlearning some things that are deep ingrained in us. And we go, whoa, it's not really important, is it, at all? How do I know God wants us to do right? Look at Psalm 32. I will instruct you, says God. I will teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. This is God. Now, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. There's that dull hearing again but must be controlled by a bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. So God says, I'll instruct you. The word's true. It's alive. You listen to it. Don't be ornery. I'm going to put the bridle and pull you to the truth. I mean, sometimes he'll do that to us. Remember Peter? Sheep came down. All this food that wasn't kosher. God said, eat. What would Pete say? Not a chance. Not touching that stuff. It's unclean. God said, uh, excuse me. I'm God. If I say eat, eat. It was a hard lesson. He had trouble with it even later. He finally learned it. Don't make fun of Peter. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Not only has God provided his word, but he has provided many people with the gift of teaching specifically, and a small percentage of people in the body with ministry gifts found here in Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 11. It was he, God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Now, why did he give us those individuals? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become, here it is, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And as we're in that process, look what happens in verse 14. Then we'll no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things, notice, grow up 
into him who is the head, that is Christ. Now let me explain something, and I'll mention this two or three times as we go through. The role model for spiritual maturity is not found in a man. The role model for spiritual maturity is found in Jesus Christ. You want to see what spiritual maturity looks like? You look at the life of Christ. That's spiritual maturity. That's our role model. Paul was a great role model, but he doesn't make it. There's many other wonderful men in the Bible that are good role models, but they're not the top. The top one is always Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible is always about Jesus in every aspect, Old and New Testament. Now, you might want to write this in your Bible. I think it's a really good thing. As you look at this little passage, you're open to there. Verse 13 speaks of maturity. Verse 14 speaks of stability in our lives. And verse 15 speaks about integrity. So if you look at those three things together, you have the Word of God, you have active listeners, and you have pastor teachers or other individuals, small groups, home groups, ladies, men, who have the gift of teaching. What do you get from that? Well, you get maturity. With maturity comes stability. We're not tossed back and forth with stuff. There's always some new wind of doctrine. It will be coming. You wait, it'll come. And those of us that are older, we've seen them come and go. We get caught up on them a little bit, and then we have to go forget it. You know, gold dust in your teeth, and you know, a million, million things come. But we get stability. And then a mature person is a person of integrity. See, if you're mature, you're going to be a person of integrity. What I see is what I get. You, what you say to me, I can trust it. That's maturity. We're not playing games with anybody. We've grown up. Now, we know that the Scripture, again, all Scriptures God breathes and it's useful. So all of this happens. And of course, everyone here, elders, pastors, we count it an incredible privilege to teach you. I was thinking, I was sitting over there looking out at all of you, thinking of the maturity that's taking place and just what a privilege it is to teach you the Word of God because I'm growing right along with you. This is a process we all have. All right, back to Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 12, in fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. There's that word that we talked to you about. But you need someone to teach you the elemental truths of God's word over again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. In other words, the right way to live. They're not acquainted with it. They haven't gotten it yet. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Should be teachers by now. Here's the problem. These individuals were totally dependent spiritually on other people. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me. Can't cut up my food. Feed it to me. I can't get the jar open. Feed it to me. Now you expect that when we have a little foundational class. You expect that. But as people move along, just as they do in real life, instead of jars of baby food, you start putting a little bit of goodies on that tray. And it goes all over. That's okay. 
peas and carrots and stuff that go all over and stuck in the nose and all kind of junk with the kids. But eventually they, they can, they play with it and start doing what? They start feeding themselves. That's a sign of maturity. You can see that moving along. Now, these people had been taught, listen, they had been taught the foundational principles of faith. That's one of the things we're trying to improve on here. We're trying to grow. And it's working. All new believers definitely need to go to a jumpstart class. That's the starting point. These people had been taught the foundational principles, but that's where they stayed. They didn't move beyond it. I would say they went to the jumpstart class. That was it. They never did anything else. There was no emphasis for them to move on to discover new truth. Well, the problem is they're dependent on others. What's the solution? Here it is. Learn to feed yourself and others. That's what a teacher is. teacher doesn't just teach himself or herself. We are to become skilled in the Word. And that cannot happen by osmosis. You have to have a part in that. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to think about it for a moment. Can you feed yourself spiritually? The churches are outlawed in the United States. We can no longer meet, i.e. China, i.e. Iran. We can't meet. There's no way. Can you grow spiritually? Could you feed yourself? Well, for much of the church, it would not happen. And some of that, obviously, is our fault. Second Timothy, it says this, Work hard. So you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Notice, work hard. That means you're going to have to exert yourself to labor, to endeavor, to give diligence. Thus, in addition to reading the word, in addition to meditating on the word, in addition to being here in church... And listening to the Word, we're told to study the Word for ourselves. Now, study requires hard work, discipline, and time. You know that. It doesn't come easily. Now, there's many, many ways we can feed ourselves spiritually. Book study, character study, word study, topic study, doctrine study... All the different Bibles we have today, so many of them, study Bibles, life application Bibles, great one. I mean, a million ways for us to do it. I'm going to redo this little series of teaching. I'm not sure when I'm going to do it. I'll just wait for the Lord to tell me. But many years ago, we did a series on study and enjoy the Bible for yourself. We go through how to do that, how to actually observe the Scripture, how to interpret the Scripture, and how to apply it for yourself. It's not difficult at all. It's very easy for you to learn. Now, I ask you a question. Can you feed yourself spiritually? You said yes. Here's the second question now. Get ready. Ready? Not in one ear and... No, no. So, listen. You said you can feed yourself spiritually. Go back to verse 12. By this time, you ought to be... Say the word with me. 
So my next question is, are you teaching others what you know? A little quieter. Why? Because that takes even more time. Pastor Mike, if I teach somebody, they probably ask a question I don't know. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. If you're a parent, that's very obvious. But you know how many parents don't even review a little bit of what the kids have learned in the kids' ministry? If you have children in the Awana program, ask them what they learn. Go with them on the memory verse. Work with them. You're teaching. You should be. Your children. Now, you'll teach them how to clean, how to dress properly, how to interact with people, how to get to college. But we need to be teaching our children and home the Word of God. But, more than that, in your office when there's an opportunity, not at work while you're at the desk trying to do something for the boss, but on your breaks, on lunch, afterward, could you teach somebody the Word? What I taught you, how would you reflect that to someone tomorrow? If someone said to you, why in the world do you go to church on Wednesday night? Well, I go, but it goes in one ear and out the other. (laughs) You could open with that one like a joke. And then say, but really, it didn't do that last night. I learned some really neat things. Would you like me just to share a verse? Yeah, sure. Tell me. What's it mean? Well, here we're, we're supposed to be growing. What do you mean growing? You mean there's such a thing as a baby Christian? Yeah, I was one. In fact, everyone starts as a baby Christian. Really? You mean everyone starts that way? Sure. Well, that was one of the things I'm always afraid of, to go to church, because they'd say to open the Bible, I don't even know what the Bible is. See, there's a million ways for us to ask God to open doors. Sometimes all we do is keep the study for ourselves. But the way you really learn is to teach others. Second Timothy, remember? Find people that you can duplicate your life in. That's how the word of God goes forward. So I want to challenge you. That verse isn't there by accident. The writer expected these individuals to be growing, learning, feeding themselves, and teaching others. doesn't mean you have the gift of teaching. There's not that many people that have that gift. But you are to be interacting and just teaching one another, spurring one another on, encouraging one another. The scripture says in First Peter, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. For instance, this new class we have coming that Stan's going to teach on the Trinity Great thing for you to know when the Mormons, the Jehovah Witnesses come to your door. If you're unknowledgeable, you should just say, thank you. I, I'm a born-again Christian. I have the Bible. I believe in my Bible, not your Bible. Thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by. But if you have a little wisdom, maybe God will open you to direct them and say, well, let's talk about Jesus. Who is he to you? Really? I don't think you believe that. I was talking with one of the elders who quizzed one of the Mormons recently. And they said they believe something they absolutely do not believe. But it is biblical. So you won't know that unless you study. Here's a class we're going to offer on Tuesday nights. Some of you want to go say, well, I can't come Wednesday. I can only come one night a week. Fine. 
Go to Tuesday. That's not a problem with us. We have lots of things for you to go to. And just let the Lord lead you in all of that. Now look at verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And you say, Pastor Mark, if I'm to feed myself and I'm to train myself, does that mean that's going to do away with you? Are you going to do yourself out of a job? Out of a calling? No. The pastor teacher is always part of the body of Christ. We never do ourselves out of the calling. But you are to be part of this. Now, here's the problem. That word constant use in the original language means two things. Habit and practice. So here's the problem. No maturity. Little spiritual discernment. What does that mean? They don't know how to do life right. That's the whole reason you're here. That's the whole reason I'm here, is to know how to be a right boss, how to be a parent, how to be a good husband, how to interact with people, how to learn what God wants us to do, and to obviously to discover his will. What's the solution to it? Put into practice what you're learning by constant use. Going in one ear and out the other didn't do a bit of good because it didn't get to my heart. And it didn't get to my feet or my hands. As I was studying, I came across this, and I thought it was so powerful. To know and not to do is not to know at all. Whoa. Pretty powerful. Remember, James talked about that. Don't just be a hearer of the word. It's useless. But you have to be a doer. So... We're to be capable of instructing others specifically on the elemental truths. And when we fail to pass on what we know, I didn't have time to get into this. Let me just say this to you. There's something I believe the Bible teaches. If I don't use what God has me to use, I really lose. I don't stay even. I go backwards. And to be useful, I have to use the gifts and the word that God has for me. And it's the law of using what I have. If I don't, I actually lose. A perfect example of that is exercise. For instance, your heart. Your heart is a muscle. And most people say, well, if I want a healthy heart, I just need to rest it. (sighs) Well, there's a little truth in that. But really, you know what a healthy heart comes from? Good, balanced what? Exercise. It has to be exercise. Today, you learned from Pastor Mark something you might not have thought about before. The need to unlearn things you grew up with. You found out about attitudes and viewpoints that aren't scriptural, but were part of the church culture. And how those have to be thrown aside in your pursuit of God's truth. Sometimes those sacred cows are hard to kill. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. You've found out about the challenges everyone that wants to become a growing Christ follower has. You've seen some of the areas that can be hard to overcome. And next time, as Pastor Mark wraps up his teaching, The Cure for Immaturity, you'll find out about some more. He'll keep giving you helpful ideas on how, with God's help, you can overcome your weak areas. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.